Hey, Next on the Teen Nation, thanks for tuning in to this segment of the show featuring our resident director of instruction, Tom Patry. And thank you for making Next on the Tee a finalist this year at the Sports Podcast Awards for the best golf podcast. I need your votes now to get over the top and bring home the title. Please go online to sportspodcastgroup.com and then click on awards and then down to vote. You'll see all of the categories there in front of you. Best Golf Podcast will be right there. And then I would really appreciate your vote for Next on the Tee. I know there are a few steps involved. I hope you don't mind doing that. I would really appreciate your vote. You guys are the best listeners in all of podcasting. Enjoy this segment. I want to start things off by reminding you about the Macklemore. It's a private resort located just south of Chattanooga, high atop Lookout Mountain, Georgia. It's a casual two-hour drive from Atlanta, Nashville, and Birmingham. The existing Highlands course is now ranked in the top 100 courses you can play in the United States by Golf Digest. The 18th hole is ranked in the top 10 finishing holes in all of golf. And the outpost is another Bill Bergen Reese Jones design and features a mile and a half of dramatic cliff edge with every inch of that edge filled up with a golf hole. A world-class hotel? Cloudland Lookout Mountain Curio Collection by Hilton will open spring of 2024. Both have incredible views into historic Macklemore Cove, 1,200 feet below. You gotta see it to believe it. Stay, dine, and play golf above the clouds at Macklemore. Go online to macklemore.com to book your stay and play package. And let's talk about grips, folks. I want to remind you about our friends over at Lampkin Grips because every shot has its own unique feel. The trick? Feel comfortable with each one. And comfort is built into the very DNA of Sonar Plus Black Grips. Let's talk about our connection to the club, folks, and let's talk about our friends over at Lampkin Grips, because every shot has its own unique feel. The trick? Feel comfortable with each one. And comfort is built into the very DNA of Sonar Plus Black Grips. Composed of their Genesis material that provides supreme comfort and durability, while their fingerprint technology creates a strong connection and unforgettable touch. The game changes from shot to shot. The feel in your hand shouldn't, though. Lampkin. Feel is everything. I also want to remind you about the all-new TaylorMade Stealth 2 driver. If there's one thing we all know golfers want from a driver, it's distance. But there's actually two things we all want. Distance, and let's not forget, forgiveness. That's why TaylorMade designed the Stealth 2 driver with even more carbon for even more forgiveness. To learn more about the new Stealth 2 driver from TaylorMade, visit them online at taylormadegolf.com. Okay, now back in next on the tee with me is our resident director of instruction, Tom Patry. You can find Tom at Crown Colony Golf and Country Club in Naples, Florida, which is in the southwest part of the state. Now that golf season is starting to get underway for all of us north of the Florida state line, do yourself and your golf game a favor and go see Tom and play your best golf ever in 2023. If you can't get down to Naples, download the V1 video app and send Tom videos of your swing through the app. You can find Tom online at TomPatry.com and follow him on Instagram at TomPatryGolf. Don't forget to subscribe to his YouTube channel where you can watch over 300 free video playing lessons. And like we learned just a couple of weeks ago, Tom is in the Florida Southern University Athletics Hall of Fame and in the Sunshine State Conference Hall of Fame. And I'm always excited to say that he is back with me on Next on the T. Good evening, TP. How are you, my friend? Proceed. 
Why, TP? Chris, I'm, uh, I'm, the old guy's a little tired today. He had a long day today. He was up at uh, about 5 and, and started teaching Brutal. early today at 7.30. And, uh, and I just walked in the door about, let me see, about 35 minutes ago. So, wow. That's chugging. a long day for an old guy like you. Yeah, very old. You know, you know very old. Fossil. <laughs> fossil. Fossil. Type. Exactly. Yeah. Tom, we've been kicking around all week off the air. You know, the, the, the topic of the ball is the, is the big talk talk right now in the game. Talk about where you stand on this whole idea of the USGA and the RNA wanting to roll the golf ball back. Well, I think we should raise the basketball goal to 12 feet, you know, reduce the field goal post to about three feet wide, you know, maybe make the turns at uh, Daytona a little sharper. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe make the, uh, maybe make the baseball a little more hopped up. I mean, let's do, just go right across the board and do it all. I mean, <laughs> You know, why not, right, Chris? I mean, you know, it's, you're you know, not in favor of this uh, roll the ball back. Is that what no, I'm hearing? No, I, I know, I know you are. I know you are, and I and am. I, I, I certainly respect your view, although I think you're dead wrong. Um, no, I, I think once the cat's out of the bag, it's kind of like the long putter thing with USG. They did a wonderful job in totally screwing that whole thing up when there was no discernible evidence at all that the that the long putter, you know, gave anybody a. a uh, an incredible advantage. If you remember, if we remember back then when, when Ernie Els, one of the great players in the history of the game, was putting up the long putter, he was horrific with it. Not not bad. He was horrific. So it didn't give any advantage at all. And, and listen, everything's evolved. I mean, athletes are bigger and stronger. The golf course is firmer and faster. Well, guess what? With the golf course, <laughs> with the golf course firm. When is the last time you did you didn't turn on the PJ Tour event? Ball landed in the fairway and rolled forty yards on the ground. Uh, I mean, it's you know, it's just. I mean, I, I, it doesn't happen at my home course very much, but I'm sure it happens on tour pretty easily. I like to play in those fairways. Um, I think course conditioning has changed. I think it's you know definitely led to the ball rolling out a long ways. And uh, you know, and we think about the golf ball going through the air, but when it lands on these fairways, it's like landing on you know. Runway fifty three at JFK. It's it's going to go a long. It's going to go a long ways. So it, and, and certainly the listen. No doubt that the ball is a much better instrument than it was when I played competitively. If you compare, uh, you know, a Pro V one title is day to you know the three ninety six Pilata that I played out of college. It's like playing a marshmallow, you know, versus you know a howitzer. No doubt, but but there's a lot of contributing factors. I mean. The other contributing fact I think we overlook a lot, Chris, I think it's a really big deal. When I, when I started teaching and coaching the game, you know, when I got a junior that came to me for a golf lesson, I got the leftovers. I got the kid who couldn't make the basketball team, would never play quarterback for the football team, wasn't going to be a track star, wasn't going to be the point guard on the, on, the foot, on the basketball team. Now I get the kid coming to me that would be the starting quarterback on the high school football team, would be, you know, the, the leadoff hitter on this baseball team, you know, would be the point guard on the basketball team. I get the kid coming to me today is a much different athlete than, than what I used to get. I'm not getting the leftovers anymore because people like Freddie and Tiger made, made the game so much more popular and so much cooler that we're getting those kids now. So when you put that athlete with the golf club that we're playing today uh, and particularly the shaft that we're playing today and the golf ball and the fairways, guess what? Ball will go a long ways. So to blame it all on the golf ball, I think, is a little bit short-sighted. So you mentioned course conditions. Tom, other options have been presented for how to deal with the distance issue. Can narrow the fairways, grow up the rough, 
Not sure how much difference that makes when these guys are hitting scoring irons from the rough, perhaps maybe get a little less spin on it. If they're landing on harder greens, maybe that makes it a little more difficult. But we could also reduce the size of the driver club head, shorten the shaft length. Are you in favor of any of those ideas? No. I think, and I want you to be very honest with the listener tonight, I think I stopped you dead in your tracks when I asked you to go back and look at the winning score at Marion not too long ago for U.S. Open when they when there was a lot of press written pre that U.S. Open at Marion. What year was that, Chris? Do you remember? We looked it up. Yeah, uh, I know we did. I, I, not, I, 2013, I think. I think you're right about that. And we looked at that and people were writing how Marion was obsolete. It was way too short for an open. They shouldn't be hosting a major there, blah, blah, blah. They were going to tear the golf course up. They were predicting, you know, 18 under was going to win that open. And we looked it up and Justin Rose won that open with one, one over par on a golf course that was under 7,000 yards, um, which is unheard of on the PGA Tour today. Uh, and it was conditioned. It was, it was, you know, it was the length of the grass. It was the width of the fairways. It was the firmness of the greens. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do. I think, I think today, if you look at the average course on tour, average course, I'm not talking about majors now. Um, <laughs> there's no such thing as rough. It, it, it's, a, you know, it's like a free for all, just, you know, just grip it and rip it and then get it down there in, in what they call rough, which is, I, I, I grew up in the Northeast on, on golf courses like Winfoot and Westchester. And I, I, I don't, I don't see any rough on tour. Uh, I grew up knowing what rough was. Um, so sure, if you put a scoring eye on a, on a lie that's not bad at all, they can still spin the golf ball. So why not hit it down there as far as we can? Um, so I, I think course setup is a big deal. But is the PGA Tour going to do that? Probably not. You know why? Birdies and bombers sell. It's, it's an entertainment vehicle. You and I are the educated golfer. I think a lot of your listeners are the educated golfer. But but for the but for the cowboy that's watching, who just like yeehaw, let's go hit this thing. Ward Boston, damn Shambo hit that thing three hundred and forty yards. <laughs> that cool? You know that guy. That guy wants to see that thing go far in the air because he doesn't know anything about shot making or 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 skill with short game. He doesn't care about that. Um, but I think the educated viewer would would embrace a different course setup and a different set of skills being. Um, developed on tour and going back to some things that, you know, we don't have Torino on tour anymore. We don't have George Newton on tour anymore. We don't have Gene Littler on tour anymore. We don't have Billy Casper on tour anymore. Um, and I'm not saying these guys can't hit those shots. They don't have to hit those shots. Yeah. Um, they can hit them. I, they're very talented, but they don't have to. Um, and it would be a lot of fun if they had to hit some of those shots on occasion. So I think, I think course setup is a big deal. Last week, I had Hal Sutton on the show, and he talked about how hitting the ball straight used to mean something. Yeah. Because yeah, the ball yeah. back then was spinnier, if you will. You mentioned balladas, but talk about the difference between the ballada ball that you grew up playing and you played in college and when you first were getting out on tour versus today's golf ball. You know, I mean, when, when, when you miss hit, um, just even marginally, uh, uh, ballada title is 396. You, you had a problem. That ball was going to go a long ways offline. So center, fit, center face strikes and square club faces meant an awful lot. Uh, the club now, Chris, the club, not the ball, the club is so self-correcting. Uh, and the sweet spot is so forgiving. And, and some of these irons are so forgiving that, you know, uh, I, listen, I, I played nine holes tonight with a couple of members. And only because I'm, I'm very, very old, I can remember things like <laughs> 
I hit a couple of shots tonight off the tee where I, you know, I knew it wasn't a very good strike. It was just not a good strike. And looked up and the ball was in you know the right half of the fairway. And and I know if I hit that shot with a 396 and a, a persimmon hit a driver, I would have been reloading somewhere. You know, it was just that that bad of a golf swing. Uh, and, and maybe I'm being a little hard on myself, but uh, you know, I, I I guess I have a different standard. But um, you know, the golf club, the golf club is very forgiving, and, and Hal's right. You know, hitting it straight. The NCAA that I won, Chris, the golf course was extremely long, and it was very punishing off the fairways. The, the rough was very deep. And one of the reasons I won, besides putting the ball beautifully, that that those four days, is I, I drove the ball, and I, and I, I may be exaggerating this, but my remembrance is I drove it in every single fairway for four days. I didn't really have the ball out of play at all, and I was petrified to hit it out of play, petrified because I, I wasn't the strongest guy in the whole world. And if I got it in the rough that was on those fairways in that golf course that week, I would not have been able to advance the golf ball. Tom, I know you were very excited to watch the Live Golf Tournament this past weekend, and even more excited when Danny Lee won the four-man playoff. Talk about how excited you were to finally get an opportunity to watch that. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> no? You weren't excited yeah, I, to watch that? It, I had, it was a toss-up between watching that and the Andy Griffith rerun, and I, 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 went, with, I, went, I went with Andy Griffith. <laughs> wow, you are old. Let, I want to get you. And Chris, and Chris, I got to on the other channel was the, an old F Troop rerun, which was even better. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I can yeah. understand your dilemma. Yeah. It's a torso up between Greg Norman and, and Gilligan's Island. Is that right? That's what yeah. it is. That comes down I, to I, that. I, and I'm going with Gilligan. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, as we look ahead a couple of weeks at the Masters, how do you think things are going to go when we have a lot of the live players? Back in that field, I mean, past champions like Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, they're going to be at the Champions Center. They're going to be in the field. Cam Smith will also be in the field, like I say, as will a handful of other live players. How do you think that's all going to be received, A, by the former champions when those guys go to the Champions Center, and then when they go out to play practice rounds and the actual tournament rounds, probably going to get paired with some of those guys. How do you think those players are going to react to having the live players back out there? <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to be a little chilly at that dinner, I think. Um, I, I think it's become, and, 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 I'm, and I'm not happy about this either side, Chris, honestly, not the little guys, not our guys. It's become very chilly. It's become very personal in, in, some, in some instances. Um, there's a lot of guys that are really, really, I think, pretty pissed off uh, at, at certain people's behaviors and comments back and forth. And it's gotten a little, it's gotten a little high schoolish. You know, uh, uh, and I'm not going to mention any names on both sides. I think that, you know, listen, if if a guy wants to take his toys and go play live and, and, and grab the money and, and that's what he wants to do with his career, that's fine. Go ahead and go do that. But but once you go do that, don't badmouth the PGA Tour. Don't, don't badmouth the tour that made you a millionaire 40 times over, 50 times over like Johnson or, or Patrick Reed or Sergio. Who's probably the biggest crybaby I've ever seen in my life, uh, or 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 final lawsuits against people like Reed did. It's it's just ridiculous. I mean, just if you want to go do that, go do that and 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 get on with it, you know, and 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 make sure you tune into the Andy Griffith show. That's no problem. But <laughs> but but it, it's gotten really um it's bad for, it's gotten bad for golf. It's just it's just a, it's just an ugly back and forth, you know. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine. I know 
Freddie and, and Sergio have had a little back and forth here over the last you know week or so. Patrick Reed coming back and being in that champions dinner as well. It just seems like they, you know, they're gonna have to pull some guys aside in advance and go, look, you know, this is a champions dinner. This is how we conduct ourselves. Because to your point, it could get pretty frosty in that room and the awkward silences and and who's sitting, you know, way away from everybody else. That's just that's not Augusta National like. I can't imagine that they would stand for it. So you would think that there would have to be some communication about being professional, conduct yourself like a master's champion, and no shenanigans in here. No, I'm I'm sure that uh, Fred Ridley will have that discussion uh, outside the room with certain people and say, "Listen, you know, you know, let's just let's keep this civil. Let's do our thing." But no matter how much Fred Ridley tells anybody to do anything, there's still there's still some pretty strong personalities in that room. And there's still some pretty strong opinions in that room. And I don't think it would take much of a comment or an off, you know, an off the cuff comment uh, being said for somebody to go back and forth and all of a sudden get a little heated. So you might want to have, have the referee in the room and, uh, and, and a neutral corner and the eight ounce gloves ready just, just in case. The live guys get to eat at the kids table over at the card table in the corner. Maybe, maybe, you know, or, or out on the veranda or something like that. But, but it, listen, it, it's, it's, listen, there, there are guys right now that are really, really pissed off uh, on both sides. And it's not good. It's not good for golf. It's just not good for golf. Yeah. It's WGC week. Field of 64. It's golf sort of version of having, uh, you know, March Madness. A lot of golf, though, for for the guys that make the final four, Tom. I mean, it, the tournament starts tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a lot of golf for the guys that make it all the way through. I don't. Are you in favor? What do you think? I mean, we don't get much match play on the PGA Tour, but what are your thoughts on on this golf tournament? You know, I used to really like Christian. You, you'll remember this is golf, and you remember the world the world match play at Wentworth at the yep. end of the year. That was always in the fall. It was kind of what we would now consider the wraparound season. It was always that time of year. Uh, it was a little chilly at Wentworth. Uh, and I played Wentworth, uh, the Burma Road course, a bunch of times. It's a really, really good golf course. Um, they play the BMW there now on the European Tour, or I should say the DP World Tour, excuse me. Um, and it was really fun to watch. It was an international field. It was, uh, it was a smaller field. It was 32, I believe, back then. Um, this is probably too much golf where it's being put on the schedule. Uh, these guys are certainly right now, their, their, their minds and their hearts are in Augusta already. Um, that's what right. they're trying to get ready for. I don't think playing match play is the best play, way to get ready for Augusta. Uh, I don't think Austin Country Club is the best way to get ready for Augusta. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that are obligated to be there one way or the other who really, and I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm way out of bounds here, but don't give a crap whether they win or lose their first two matches and get out of there. Um, to get a little bit of rest and, and get and get down the road, it's it's a, it's a it's an awkward place in the schedule, and it, it's probably like you said, it's a little bit too much golf if you go all the way. Yeah, yeah I always, you know, I wondered last year, and I, and obviously Scotty proved me wrong, but I thought you know when he was playing so well last year, heading into the WGC and then obviously into the Masters, when he won the WGC, I, I said to a lot of people, I just don't think he's going to have any gas left in the tank. To yeah, be able to yeah. be as sharp as he would probably want to be going into Augusta. Obviously, that that was proven wrong. 
But I just think that's a, you got to be a grinder to get through this tournament and then over to Augusta national. So yeah, yeah I, sort of scratched my head. And I, I think not only physically, but mentally you want to be rested and be sharp. Uh, Augusta puts, you know, a different kind of challenge on you, not only from a physical standpoint, playing that golf course and the strategy involved playing that golf course, but the mental sharpness and resolve you need for four days of competitive golf around that place on those putting surfaces, uh, you know, you, you need to be rested and sharp to play there. And, and you know, I, I'm not sure, again, this is in, in the best place in the schedule. Right. Tom, just a couple more before I let you go. And we created a new segment on the show for you, Tom's Tip of the Week. And, and tonight we want to talk about putting. What are some things that we can do to become better putters this year? You know, it's funny that you say that tonight, Chris. I, I had uh, two students in from out of town for a, uh, a one-day golf school thing. We started out the, the morning on the putting green. And they were, they were not Crown Colony members. They were visitors. And um, we talked about, you know, just, just a simple requirement, first of all, of how much time you spend putting and developing a feel for distance and a feel for speed control. And I said, well, just look around this putting green. You look at all, look at all my members practicing. And they looked around the green and they started laughing. They said there was nobody on the green. I said, <laughs> I said we, have 200, you know, we have 250 members here and we have, the range is just about full right now. People are whacking balls. And we looked around the putting green. There wasn't a soul on it. And I said to them, you know, we hosted an LPGA event here last year, the Drive-On Championship. And, and one of the comments my members came back to me and said after that tournament was, we, they couldn't believe how many girls were on the practice green at the same time, you know, fighting for a hole to putt to. And, the, and I said to them this morning, I said, you know, they came to me and said that. And I guess they didn't learn their lesson because they're not out here this morning. Um, you know, putting uh, is is part skill and part you know, it's part science and part and part you know, skill, uh, or part part artist and part you know, uh, engineer, if you will. Um, and I think we've seen a lot of different putting methods in the last you know five to ten years. We've seen the long putter, we've seen the claw, we've seen the pencil. Uh, you know, we've seen split hand. We we've seen Jordan Spieth look at the hole. We've seen guys close their eyes and putt. Uh, we've seen the long putter. We've seen the arm lock. <laughs> we can go on and on. Uh, but the bottom line is when you look at the thing that really impresses me most on tour, uh, on, on, on all tours, uh, both male and female, is how good their speed control is. Uh, I don't know if you saw the stat from even from uh, Valspar last week, but Taylor made 64 putts out of 64 putts from seven feet and in. Wow. Now, now think about that. 64 for 64. And he won by one, by the way. So if somebody told you at the beginning of the week to make 62 out of 64, you'd certainly probably sign up for that, but he would have lost by one. Um, so one of the things I see, if nothing else, before we even get into technique, is the amount of time these guys spend and gals spend on the green just working on speed control, getting the ball started on a good line, the intended start line, and then rolling it down that line at a pristine speed and you know nobody did it better than crenshaw maybe facts and and i'll tell you what your next guest did it pretty damn good for a long time too mr bob ford um who i played some golf with over the years has a beautiful putting stroke and 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 because of his his two venues oakmont and seminole which are both uh pretty sophisticated putting surfaces he developed over the years a hell of a putting game so you might want to run that by him as well but I just don't think the amateur has any concept of how much time is required on a green to develop really good feel uh, and, and really, really tour-like speed control. 
Tom, before I let you go, remind our listeners once again, how can we stay up to date with all the great things you're doing on your website and on social media as well? It's all the regular places on my website, just simply tompatry.com. And then, you know, all the outlets, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, um, all, all the normal characters. Uh, but before I go, and I, I, I do this every chance I get with you, pal, we, we are so grateful out here in the golf world for all you do and, and the great guests you bring on and the insight you bring to the microphone. Um, we need more Christmas scarrows and someday maybe the golf channel or ESPN or Fox or somebody is going to wake up and say, you know, that guy's pretty good. We should have him on. Um, but I certainly appreciate being on. I, I really enjoy talking to you. I enjoy our conversations during the week off air. We go back and forth and banter. Um, you, you, you like me and, and like Bobby are, are really big sports fans and, and we, we love it. And we certainly love the game of golf. Uh, I know I do. It's, it's my whole life and uh, I'm grateful to be on with you. Thank you for having me. I'm incredibly honored to get to share this show with you, my friend. You're a very important part of it. I love that uh, that we get to do this every other week, and uh, we do it most mornings on your way to the golf course. Uh, it's uh, one of the best parts of the day, my friend. Give uh, give Mr. Ford my best. He, he's one of my dear friends. I love the guy very much. I will absolutely do that. Take care, Tom. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Chris. That is the great Tom Patry again. At Tom Patrick Golf on Instagram, TomPatrick.com is his website. And be sure that you go out there and subscribe to his YouTube channel, a boatload of free playing lessons available for you there. And like I say a lot, uh, I love that man. He is, he is a huge part of this show and a, and a wonderful friend and uh, an even better instructor on top of that. We can't, uh, we can't do this show without him. And I'm honored that he has continued to do tonight. Show number 71 with me on the show. So I can't thank him enough for being willing to do it that many times.